You're listening to the official South Bay Church podcast. For more about us, please visit southbaychurch.us. Amen. Have a seat, everybody. Happy New Year. Happy 2016. Um, A few announcements uh, before we jump into the lesson here. Uh, Steve and Jackie are uh, on a couple-day vacation. They did the uh, singles party for the whole L.A. church, and uh, it kind of knocked them out, so they needed a couple days of vacation. I know several of us were involved in that, uh, so appreciate those. I heard it was a great party. Um, So a few things for this week. Uh, Number one, for midweek this week, we are meeting by small groups. Uh, for a night of prayer. So uh, make sure you connect as a small group today and figure out when you can pray together sometime this week between now and the weekend. And, uh, you know, when, when we say meet together to pray, not just like meet together and three people pray, but like, you know, make some time to pray. Uh, we really wanted to bring in the new year with prayer. And so we're going to be talking about that in the lesson today. But uh, figure out your plan by small group. If you're visiting with us and you don't know what a small group is, it's a small group of people that get together uh, and help each other spiritually. Uh, There's books about small groups that call them cell groups, but that just doesn't sound right these days. You can't call it a cell group. It's a small group or a family group. Uh, So anyway, if you don't know what that is, you're not a part of it, just ask somebody here, and we'd love to involve you in one of our groups this week uh, for prayer. Uh, Okay, next Sunday is going to be a little different. We are doing uh, workshops this weekend. What that is is every new year we like to do a workshop where we just talk about family items, kind of get set up for the new year, do some training. So it's going to be a longer day next Sunday. If you're a guest with us today, we'd love to have you come join us, but just know that it's going to be different than our normal Sunday service. We're going to start at 8.30 for those that are leaders, and you get breakfast. So uh, those who are lead groups will meet in the cafeteria at 8.30. Everybody else, come at 9.45. There's going to be some registration materials you pick up at 9.45, calendar for the year, stuff like that. So 9.45. Then we're going to end at 1.30, but lunch will be provided. We're going to have a taco man here giving lunch. And uh, so we'll all have lunch together at 1.30. So uh, eat a big breakfast. Come ready to to learn a lot, give a lot. Uh, And uh, the children's ministry is not going to be the regular children's ministry. It's going to be basically just kind of movie-watching child care provided by our teen ministry. Uh, so appreciate the teens doing that. If you have outside child care, you can get, uh, you know, a, a grandmother or something like that. Uh, if you are able to do that, that would help unburden the teens a little bit. It'd be great to not have as many kids here, but whatever, whatever you can, can work out. Uh, okay, and the teens are going to have their workshop on Saturday. Uh, so they're going to have their special time together on Saturday at which park, Dustin? Oteria Park at 9.30. So the teens probably all know that already. So that's what the teens will be doing on Saturday. I think that is it. Uh, So uh, as I mentioned, Happy New Year. Uh, It it was encouraging uh, yesterday to be able to be uh, at the uh, wedding of Nerica and Chris Asoto, part of our ministry here. It's a beautiful, beautiful uh, day on the beach. The day before that, on New Year's Day, Daisha got baptized. Daisha Black got baptized. So that's really encouraging. Uh, what a way to start the, the new year. I think we have a slide of that too, Sherwin. There we go. That's her getting baptized. It's kind of shallow water there. Did she go all the way under? Okay. Okay, good. <laughs> but uh, they are really starting a new chapter in their lives. You know, Daisha's starting uh, a new chapter in her life. And uh, 
Obviously, uh, Chris and Nerica are starting a new chapter in their life, and David, David and Danny are going to be starting a new chapter in their life. And, uh, but for all of us, you know, every year is a new year. Uh, every year is a, a new chapter in one sense, and we have different ways of looking at, at the new year. You know, some of us get really excited about fresh starts, get really excited about the new year. You love January. You love you know, making goals for this year. You love kind of putting a new workout plan together or figuring out what you're going to do. And you love spring cleaning and just get all excited about January. How many of you guys feel that way? A few people do. Okay. A few people do. Others, uh, others hate January. You're depressed because Christmas is over. You don't want to talk about any goals for the year. You just, you know, you're just like, ah, I feel depressed. You know, I don't want to, that's how my wife feels. And uh, so I, she said it was okay to share that because it's common knowledge. That way she gets extra encouragement from everybody because she hates it anyway. So wherever you are, it is a new chapter. And uh, we thought it'd be great to, to start, talk about the Holy Spirit really moving. Because whatever we do, we really need the Holy Spirit. You know, as a, as a South Bay church, we have a lot more to do. I really feel like God's been blessing us. God's been uh, adding to our number. God's been helping us all grow. But there are so many lost souls in our community that need to be reached. There are so many poor people that need to be clothed. There is so much work to be done. And it can be easy for all of us to kind of slip into just sort of maintenance, just barely maintain it mode, kind of spiritually, just sort of going by your own power, uh, not really feeling the spirit moving you. You're just kind of, you're just here. I'm just here. And amen that you're here. But we want, want more. We want the spirit to invigorous, invigorate us, as we just sang about and so we're going to start a new worship series today called The Force Awakens. The Force Awakens. And uh, I don't know where, you might have no idea where we came up with that. And, uh, you know, for some of you, uh, forgive the theological implication. We're not trying to say that the Holy Spirit is just this force. You know, uh, the Holy Spirit is a person. Uh, but the Bible, it, it, you know, it is spiritual in that the Bible, the word the Bible uses for the Holy Spirit is pneuma, which is the same Greek word as wind. And the reason it uses that word is because the wind, like John, Jesus says in John 3, you hear the sound of the wind. You see what the wind is doing. You, you, have you ever seen trees totally bent over by wind? You see this power, but you can't really see the wind itself, right? You just see the demonstration of the wind's power. And that's the way it is with God's spirit. You don't see God directly, but you see the effects of his spirit. And that's really what we want in the South Bay Church this year. We really want to see the spirit at work. We really want to see him do amazing things through us. And uh, so really to start this off, the, the title of the lesson today is Prayer Brings the Breakthrough. Because we really do, in order for God's Spirit to really work, we need a breakthrough. We need God to, to, to open the doors. We need God to remove the obstacles for the Holy Spirit to really be able to work in our lives. And so we're going to be talking about prayer and how prayer brings the breakthrough. So I'm going to pray before we go any further, and then we're going to look at Acts uh, 10. Let's pray. God, uh, we do want to just come before you right now. Thank you that we could sing those prayers to you and just call on your name. And uh, thank you for the way music helps us to connect to you in our hearts. Thank you for your word, uh, God, that we can have access to your holy scriptures and just for the way that we can all learn so much from what was written down thousands of years ago. It's amazing how applicable it is to our lives today. And Father, we all want a breakthrough. We all want to see your spirit move in our lives. None of us want to just have a mundane, ordinary life. We want to have an adventure with you, God. We want to see your spirit at work, and we want to 
want to see amazing things in our church this year and really pray so much, God, for us to be who we need to be for you to be able to use us. I pray that you'd really speak through us, through your scriptures right now as we look at Acts 10 and look at the story of Cornelius and Peter and just pray that our hearts can be stirred. And I pray that we can have the prayer life that we want to have uh, this year. Pray for those uh, requests that Calvin mentioned. Uh, pray for Richard Butler and, and Kathy and their family. And just, uh, Father, I, I know he has inoperable cancer. Uh, Father, I know that you could heal him, though. Father, I pray that, uh, you know, that's what we would love. We would love to see you heal him and, and entirely. God, we pray for a miracle. Uh, but whatever happens, God, we totally trust you and trust your sovereignty. And thank you that he's a faithful disciple of Jesus. And I just pray so much for his family. And thank you for George Cable and that I heard he's doing better. And uh, Father, I know he's a special part of our ministry here. Pray that he continue to heal. I know he's been hurting with his knee for a long time now. I pray that he's way better after the surgery than he was before. And uh, pray for any other needs among us, God, that your spirit would really help us and guide us and heal us. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So uh, how many of you guys have seen the movie, The Force Awakens? Okay, so a lot of us have. It's a great movie. Um, you know, there's a line in there where they're trying to figure out what to do. And Finn says to Han Solo, we'll figure it out. We'll use the force. And Han Solo says, that's not how the force works. And so what we want to do today is figure out how does the spirit awaken? How does God bring the breakthrough? And so we're going to be looking at uh, Acts 10, an example of a real breakthrough in the church. And uh, I know for me, I really want to be a more, more of a man of prayer in 2016. So some of these ideas are, are from a book that we, uh, some of us read a, a year or two ago called Circle Maker. It's all about your prayer life. And so I'm going to give you a few quotes from that book today. But in Acts 10, verse 1, everybody there? You can look on in, in, uh, with somebody if you don't have a Bible or pull up Bible Gateway on your smartphone if you need to. We're going to talk today about prayer that is, number one, regular, number two, transcendent, and number three, active. So first of all, regular. Here uh, in Acts, 1, Acts 10, verse 1, it says, At Caesarea there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion, in what was known as the Italian Regiment. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. He prayed to God regularly. When you pray to God regularly, irregular things will happen on a regular basis. When you pray to God regularly, irregular things will happen on a regular basis. Because, you know, amazing things happen when we have the, the foundation, the discipline, the spiritual discipline for God to be able to move. Uh, my, my son and I were, have been listening through this book called Imagine How Creativity Works by Jonah Lehrer. He's the same guy uh, that wrote the book How We Decide. And he does a lot of stuff with uh, uh, fMRI, how the brain works and stuff. But he talks about creativity. He says a lot of us think of creativity as this flash of inspiration, you know, these amazing inventions that different men have come up with through the ages or amazing new ways of looking at things uh, mathematically or in science or whatever. And he argues that really those flashes of inspiration, they look like a flash of inspiration, but really it's because of a regular routine of study that all these people have in common. And it's the same way with prayer that when you pray regularly, that allows God to move in an amazing way uh, in different, different times. Like it says in verse 3, one day, one day something happens. You know, any day could be that one day, but only if you have this regular prayer life with God that 
that, that you are walking with God. If you are bored with your faith, try prayer. It'll turn any ordinary day into an adventure. Change the way you pray and everything changes. One day, verse 3, about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius. Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord? I mean, this is a guy who prayed every day. He prayed regularly. And yet this certain day, he was able to see God's presence, a manifestation of God's presence. Angel means a messenger of God. He saw a messenger of God. And we've had those moments where, you know, you're kind of, you're, you're, you're doing what you need to do. You're going, you know, you're, you're sticking to your commitments. You're fulfilling your vows to God. You're spending time daily. And then you see God move in an amazing way. And that's what Cornelius experienced. Uh, let me read you this quote from, I know I mentioned the book, but I want to read you a quote from Jonah Lehrer. It says, it doesn't matter if people are playing jazz or writing poetry. If they want to be successful, they need to learn how to persist and persevere, how to keep on working until the work is done. Woody Allen famously declared that 80% of success is just showing up. And really that's true of your quiet times. Just the main thing is habits. The main thing about prayer is spend the time praying. Uh, How many of you, as you look back over 2015, go, you know, I spent plenty of time praying. Uh, Okay, Henry, good job, Henry. (laughs) I think for most of us, we go, man, I need to spend more time praying. And so make a decision that you're going to really invest that time in 2016. If you want to know Satan is real, here's a little experiment you can do. You can say, okay, I'm going to spend two hours. I'm going to spend two hours in prayer. I'm just going to devote myself to prayer for two solid hours. I'm going to go out to the cliffs or I'm going to do something. And then watch how difficult it is for that to happen. Now, same amount of time, say, you know what? I'm going to spend two hours and I'm going to play a video game. Or I'm going to spend two hours and I'm going to watch a movie. Uh, You know, it's so easy for that to happen, right? It's the same amount of time, but the spiritual forces of evil are at work to try to keep us from prayer because Satan knows that's that's really when God works. And so be available to God. Any day can be that one day if you, if you make yourself available to God. Number two, prayer that is transcendent. Uh, you know, I don't know what your challenges are. I don't know what your needs are specifically as you face 2016. But I know that God does. God knows every heart in here. God knows every story in here. God knows the challenges that you face right now. And only he is outside of space and time. And only he is transcendent and able to uh, handle whatever it is that we need to to be handled. He can be anywhere at any time and all times. And so we've got to depend on him. Anything is possible for him. But our obedience and faith set up him moving. And so prayer uh, prayer is not us trying to get him to get our agenda. Prayer is us getting into his agenda. Because when we pray regularly and when we pray when we understand his transcendence, then he starts to help us see his view. You know, he starts to help us to get his perspective because he's transcendent. He has the big picture in mind and we don't. You know, so many times we have this myopic view. We have this, you know, oh, this crisis. And then, but then you go to God in prayer and what does he do? He opens your mind and you see the big picture and you go, wow, I was so stressed out about that. And now I feel like it's not really that big a deal, is it? You know, God changes our perspective because he opens up our minds to try to see things the way he does. Uh, Cornelius, continuing to read, Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord? He asked. 
The angel answered, Your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. A memorial offering before God. You know, what is a memorial? A memorial is something that continues beyond our lifetime. And so a memorial offering, it's like our prayers, they come outside of space and time when we pray. Our prayers, the Bible describes them as incense that goes up before God. They're in heaven. I just love that idea that our prayers are beyond us. And so when we pray, we, we, might, we might be praying for something that, that we may never see happen, but that prayer continues. Uh, just like uh, in, in, in John 17, Jesus prayed for us. Jesus prayed, he says, I'm not praying just for my disciples, but I pray for those who will believe and then those who will believe and, you know, th- that they will be one as we are one. And I love that. I love reading John and going, wow, Jesus prayed for me right there. Jesus prayed for me. Jesus prayed for those that would believe because of the message of the disciples. And, and that prayer continues to this day that Jesus prayed for us. You know, in the movie, uh, in the trailer, Luke Skywalker says, The force is strong in my family. My father has it. I have it. My sister has it. You have that power too. Duh, duh, duh. What, who's he talking about? What is it? But you know, the, the force is strong in my family. I, I feel that way about my, spirit, my spiritual family. I feel that way about my, my physical family spiritually. Uh, you know, many, many of you have heard my father uh, come and sp- speak here. My mom sing. And, uh, you know, they, I grew up in the church. And uh, I come from many generations of the, the Church of Christ uh, church uh, uh, tradition. And uh, my mom, we were in, just came back from New Jersey a couple days ago. And uh, we were visiting with my sisters and their husbands and their kids. We had 17 people in one house for over a week uh, with two bathrooms. So it was a little crazy. Uh, but it was a lot of fun. But uh, there in the house, my mom has just put, put up this new wall, uh, a wall of photos. And it's all these old, you know, those ancient photos that are black and white. And, you know, my grandfather on the farm, you know, in, in overalls with, a, you know, something coming out of his teeth, you know, whatever, like... <laughs> Uh, it's so awesome, and, and, and many generations of faithful uh, people of God's house. And it just reminded me of what I'm a part of, that it's so much bigger than me, that my, I've, I'm a part of a spiritual family, a spiritual heritage. And I so much want that for my kids, don't you? You know, I want them to have that faith that I have. And, uh, you know, I, I was reminded as I was looking at these pictures of my grandparents and great-grandparents and great-great-great-grandparents and great-great-great-great-grandparents, I was reminded of, uh, of my great-grandfather, and I don't have a lot of memories of him. Um, you know, he, he was, from my early memories, he was already, you know, an old man, and, and, uh, but we would visit, and one, one, the, most strong mem- the strongest memory I have is when I was a little kid, and we went and visited my great-grandfather, and they lived in a, a house with an add-on to the back. Uh, so when they had added on the back, they didn't really change the external part of the house. So it was kind of like the outside of the house with the window and window pane and everything. And then you, there was this other room on the back. And I was staying in that additional room and my grandfather was in the bedroom and I could see him through that window. So it was like I was outside kind of looking at him in that window. And, and uh, I remember as I was going to bed, he was he was having his nighttime prayers and he did the classic bedside, you know, kneel beside the bed and, and you know, put your hands together and pray on, uh, there by the bed. But he prayed for what seemed like an hour to me. I was a little kid, but it was so long, just him kneeling there and praying, you know, kind of mouthing words. That was, that's my strongest memory of my great-grandfather. But it's cool just to think about, 
you know, how his prayers continued on for his kids and for their kids and, and for me. And I feel like sometimes in my life, God is blessing me because of the, the prayers of my father and my father's father. And, you know, those who've gone before me, God is really blessing my life. And those prayers are being answered even in my life. So prayer, you know, make have that perspective of prayer that is transcendent. It's not just here and now. It's the big picture. And it's what God can do uh, in the future. Then he says uh, in verse five, now send men to Joppa to bring back a man named Simon, who's called Peter. He's staying with Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the sea. When the angel who spoke to him had gone, Cornelius called two of his servants and a devout soldier who was one of his attendants. He told them everything that had happened and sent them to Joppa. Number three, prayer that is active. Cornelius doesn't just have this experience but he acts on that experience. He does something. He makes something happen. He puts it into practice. And yet, uh, you know, the, the, what, what he's telling him to do, Joppa, if you don't know, is 32 miles away. And so it's not any minor thing to go walk. You know, I need you to go walk 32 miles <laughs> and ask for this guy who I don't know. You know, he doesn't even know what's going to happen, right? He just, all he knows is to ask for this man, Simon. He doesn't know what Simon's going to tell him. He doesn't know anything other than send somebody 32 miles away in this other city, and, and then he's going to come here. And, and, and Peter doesn't know what's going to happen. You know, but, but he still acts. He still goes through with it. Uh, but, but, but I think for most of us, we would want more information. Well, what do you mean, God? Who's Simon? What is he going to do? You know, that's 32 miles away. What's the plan? You know, we, so often we want God to reveal the second step before we'll take the first step. And yet that's not how God operates usually. He often uh, is just wanting us to take that first step and see what he's going to do. Uh, and, uh, and so God will, God's going to put things like that in front of us in 2016, like where he's asking you to take some kind of step and, and you've got to trust him. You've got to go, okay, God, I don't know the big picture, but I'm going to put my faith into practice. I'm going to step out on faith and I'm going to ask that you do something. I'm going to see, see how you work. Um, you know, this last summer, uh, I got a chance to go to, to Singapore. Um, I think I shared a little bit about it. I, I didn't know that I was, I, well, I thought my flight was on Thursday, which it was. Uh, and so I wasn't really preparing because uh, it was a crazy week. And, and uh, we, uh, we, we had a retreat with some of the brothers. We were up in the mountains. I had no cell service, no internet access. So I couldn't really prepare for this international trip I'd never gone on. Uh, get, I got back on Wednesday. I taught the midweek Wednesday night. And so then I'm thinking, okay, I have all day Thursday to prepare for this international trip. I don't know the exchange rates. I don't know where I'm going. And my, my plan w- was fly into Singapore and then figure out a way to get to Malaysia and meet up with my brother-in-law who's there, stay in his hotel for a few days, get used to the time change, and then come back to Singapore for this retreat, for this conference. But I didn't know how it was all going to work. So anyway, so Wednesday night I get back from midweek. I'm super tired, you know, okay, I've got tomorrow to get ready. And my phone goes off, uh, a little text on my phone goes off and says, your flight is on time. (laughs) And I'm like, how could they know my flight for tomorrow is on time? And then I started thinking and I realized, wait, my flight is at 1.30 in the morning, Thursday, which is tonight. (laughs) And so I told my wife, I'm like, looking at my watch, I'm like, okay, I have to, we have to leave to go to the airport in 15 minutes. I haven't packed anything. I, I don't know where I'm going, what I'm doing. And I'm like, I just started panicking. I'm like, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. 
And Dustin's like, okay, I'll help you, I'll help you, we'll do it, we'll do it, we'll do it. And I made it, I got on the plane, it was this Hello Kitty themed plane. Um, the whole outside was decorated and you know, you get inside and there's all this weird music. And little dancing, little dancing things on the back of every, uh, every seat. I'm like, this is weird, I'm in another world. Um, but anyway, long flight, got to Singapore. I, my cell didn't work there, but I'm figuring out how to text back and forth. So I, I text my brother-in-law, and he's talking to this brother there. So he tells me a way to get to Malaysia is to get on this bus. And, and, and this is a bus that people take that, like, there's a lot of people that live in Malaysia but work in Singapore because it's cheap, a lot cheaper to li- live in Malaysia. So this is not like a tourist bus. This is kind of a people-who-know-what-they're-doing bus, you know. <laughs> and uh, so, but I find somebody who tells me where it is because it's down you know, way past and down a ways to this bus. So I find, and I get on the bus, and I've, I found somebody who speaks English, so I'm kind of clinging to them. Um, but, what, but then they got off, so then I was on my own, and we were going through customs in Malaysia, and the bus driver tells me, get off. And I'm like, but I, I still have to get to Malaysia. And he's like, you know, and he didn't speak much English, so I'm like, leave my stuff? He's like, no, no, take, take stuff, take things. And I'm like, okay, but... And he's like, I pick you up. And I'm like, really? Like, I can get off the bus with all my stuff? And then you're picking me? Like, how do you know where you're picking me up? Or whatever. And, uh, but I was like, okay, I'm, I, my cell doesn't work. I might be stuck in Malaysia, but I'm just going to try this. So I get off. I take all my stuff and go through customs. And then after I went through customs and everything, I come out. And then the, the bus comes and people get back on the bus. But I didn't know how it worked. And uh, it just made me think about the story and think about how that's how God is sometimes. He's like, get off the bus, take your stuff, and I'll pick you up. Don't worry, I'll pick you up. We're like, what do you mean you'll pick me up? This is all I have, all my stuff. I don't know what's going on. And yet God always comes through, doesn't he? Have you ever thought, of, can you think of a time he didn't come through? He always, always comes through. He's in control. We just got to trust him and take that next step. And it's the same thing, same thing on Peter's end. Like, let's continue reading here on, in verse 9. It says, About noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat, and while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven opened and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice told him, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I've never eaten anything impure or unclean. And, and it was a vision where God was trying to help him understand uh, the, the, the Gentile faith and the Gentiles needed to be able to enter the kingdom. But, but Peter's arguing with God there. Well, what do you mean? No, no. And, and uh, there's, there's so many stories like that, you know, where Moses is arguing with God. Can't you send somebody else? Uh, you know, Ananias is arguing with God about Saul. Don't you realize this is the guy that's killing people? So God's like, no, Ananias, go. You know, we, we, we argue with God sometimes, but he is transcendent. He has the big picture. Uh, if you win an argument with God, you lose. If you lose an argument with God, you win. And so we got to trust that he, he's in control. And what was happening here was the, the kingdom is meant to be for all people, all nations, all cultures. And yet, even though Jesus told them that, even Jesus in, in Matthew 28, he says, I want you to go to all nations, make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teach them everything I've uh, taught you. And, and they're going to 
this is going to spread to all people. What did they do? They stayed in Jerusalem. And they, they, I don't know if they just sort of said, yeah, yeah, they kind of smiled and nodded, or they just didn't get it. And Peter didn't get it. Oh, you mean Gentiles too? Yes, I mean Gentiles too. This is for everybody. And so it still hadn't broken through. They needed a breakthrough in the church at this point because it was just a Jewish religion. It was just a, a sect of the Jewish faith at this point, Christianity. And so there needed to be a breakthrough, and God was trying to push the situation by using this guy Cornelius and using Peter. And, and bottom line is that the, the, the prayers of Cornelius on his end and the prayers of Peter, because Peter is praying, right? And Peter is on the roof having this quiet time. And God uses those two prayers to connect them. And so the prayers of Cornelius plus the prayers of, of Peter lead to a breakthrough. And so it, it's, we've seen what God can do when one person is, is praying, but when two people are praying or when all of us are praying, that's when God really does amazing, amazing things. Uh, you know, how many of you at, at the time that God introduce you to the faith or the, the time somebody reached out to you to bring you to church had been praying god show me show me who you are show me the way uh look around at all the hands that are raised there's so many stories like that where uh you know somebody is praying god i need to know right now please reveal yourself to me uh for for the uh when we got together with the the cast of night at the nativity to to prepare for the the day there we had communion together and Gina shared her story, and she shared how she was in New York, and she was seeing so many of her dreams come true. Um, she was, you know, doing acting and singing and dancing and all the stuff that she loved, but it was leaving her empty. And she told God, God, you're going to have to show yourself to me. If you're real, I need you to show me. And, and it was no coincidence that right then God worked in her life, and God brought her to church, and you know, she, she was experienced, but she still didn't even believe it at first. She's like, wait, this is fake, you know. And then she comes to church and she's like, somebody told that guy that I was going to be here. Who talked to him? Uh, and, and, you know, it's the, the sister that, brought, you know, she was, was reaching out to her was like, no, nobody talked to him. Well, where did he get his information? The Bible. Well, the Bible. The Bible says thou shalt have no fun, you know. Um, and, but, but why? Because she was praying that God would show her. And others were praying that they could find people who were looking for him. And that's what God does. God puts us together. So there are so many people in South Bay that right now, as they face the new year, they're going, oh, I don't know what to do. I, you know, I feel lost. I feel hopeless. I, you know, they're stuck. They're, they, they've reached a new point in their career, or their new point in their family, or they've just gone through a divorce, or they, you know, they're going through issues with their kids or, or whatever, and they are searching, but we've got to be praying on our end. We've got to be active so God can use us to connect to those people, and God can, can do great things, just like God opened doors here. Uh, in verse 25, skipping down, it says, as Peter entered the house. That was the breakthrough right there. Peter going into the home of a Gentile, that he had never done that ever in his life. And this was something that was not done by the Jews and Gentiles being together. But there was a breakthrough because of prayer. Our job is to pray. God's job is to answer. God's job is to connect the dots. God's job is to put us together. If we will pray prayers that are regular, prayers that are transcendent, and prayers that are active, God will bring the breakthrough. And so, you know, things that we need God to break through, we we need to have a, a small group in every community in the South Bay area. You know, everybody should, should be able to get to a small group that's within 10 minutes of their house. Uh, you know, I, I would love to see us have a small group for every elementary school. 
There are elementary school in the South Bay area. There's a small group that's in that community. Don't, don't you want to see that happen? We need to, we need to reach. There's a lot of uh, Spanish-speaking uh, communities in San Pedro and Wilmington that we're not reaching with the gospel right now. We need God to work. Uh, geographically, we're, we're pretty spread out. We have people up north of here, and then we have people down in San Pedro. I mean, we, we, many of us have been praying to see uh, to launch something in PV, Pedro area, a, a southern South Bay group. Uh, we got to see God do something to open doors there. But God is opening doors. You know, even just being able to meet in this space, God's, God's opened this space for us. And God's worked in so many miracles of so many people who were baptized last year. God's working miracles in the teen ministry right now, in the singles ministry. God is doing great things, but we got to continue to pray and continue to act. And God will do amazing things. We're going to close with a song here uh, that's, that has kind of this idea of, of, uh, of praying to God and Him giving us a breakthrough uh, I wrote this song for the conference we did a couple years ago called Breakthrough. And I was just looking at the words. Of, you know, this is exactly what we're talking about. So I thought this would be a great way to close out our service today with praying the song together. So let's stand and we'll sing the song together and then we'll be dismissed. Thanks for listening to the South Bay Church Podcast. For other sermons, videos, upcoming events, and more about our church, please visit southbaychurch.us.